before we can thrive in business, we must first achieve stability. And in order to achieve stability, we must eliminate or mitigate the most serious risks we face to the degree possible. So how do we do that? Stay tuned to find out. Running a service business can be hard. It is not unusual for business owners in industries like contracting, home repair, auto repair, business-to-business services like janitorial, IT and accounting, and many others to feel overwhelmed by all the priorities facing them at any given time. Between addressing the needs of the customers, managing the employees, figuring out the financials, and getting processes in place, feeling like you're making significant progress on your business journey can be difficult. Welcome to Service Industry Success, hosted by Brian Harding. Each week, Brian will look at real-world strategies for building the business you are dreaming of, while also sharing tactics to get through some of the most frustrating parts of business ownership with a lot more ease. Let's get started. Every business faces risk. We all know that. Some businesses have to worry about accidents or injuries. Um, some some have employees driving company vehicles, and that, of course, is you know for for companies that have a large fleet of vehicles, that is probably the biggest risk. You know, if you have thirty employees driving thirty vehicles, uh, there there wouldn't be much more risk involved in your business than that. Probably, there's the risk of protecting the customer's property if you're working on customers' homes or vehicles or whatever whatever kinds of property you might be working on for them. There's protecting the customer's data or sensitive information. If, you know, if you're a, a CPA firm or a bookkeeping uh, operation you have, you have, or a legal firm, you have access to very sensitive information that, that one of the biggest risks would be if, that, if information was stolen or, or leaked or whatever, that would be a serious risk. And now more than ever, employee retention is a serious risk. And with all the increased finance, uh, costs associated with running a business, you know, you know in 2022, the, the price of everything has gone through the roof. Um, financial stability is now a serious risk, way more than it was just a few years ago. So before I was a business owner, I had jobs like, like just about everybody. And I had people I worked for, and some were fantastic. I, had, I was really lucky to have some great mentors in my life and business. Um, and I worked for some people who were not uh, great examples of what a, a great boss or leader um, was. And I learned a lot there as well. But here is generally how business owners I worked for, again, before becoming a business owner myself, here's generally how they handled risk. And this is my experience. I'm not saying it's your experience, but generally this is kind of how it went. The bosses or business owners or managers had an expectation that everyone knew the risks, even though we didn't ever really discuss them until it was too late. We generally only spoke about risk when somebody really screwed up yesterday or last week and the next meeting, or they would call a special meeting. And then we would talk about the importance of this particular risk, whether it's somebody uh, had a vehicle accident or somebody damaged a house or property and the the business owner or manager or boss or whatever would would address it sternly <laughs> sometimes in a rant sometimes they were pleading in some cases like literally a temper tantrum and then we wouldn't talk about it again until the next screw up and generally everyone in those meetings um 
just wanted to get out of the meeting as soon as possible because of the awkward feeling. We only talked about this stuff when it was something bad had happened. And of course, employees felt bad. They felt bad for the person that, that did it. They felt bad for the, the affected customer. They felt bad for the company for having to go through it. But it was this awkward feeling that was that was created because we only talked about this stuff when something bad happened. And so everyone just wanted to get out of the meeting as fast as possible. They were tired of hearing about it because, again, it usually would be a, a long-winded rant or, again, tantrums were the case sometimes or, or just awkward begging or pleading by people, please don't do this again. But we really didn't talk about it except for those situations. So then, then what would happen is the employees would go out to the parking lot and have the real meeting, the parking lot meeting, where everything was discussed about what just happened, except for the underlying risk that the business owner wanted to avoid. They would talk about how the business owner or manager or boss or whatever, how they handled it, how silly they looked when they threw the temper tantrum, how awkward it was for everybody to sit there captive in this room for 30 minutes and hear about something over and over and over again. They, they talked about everything except for Man, we need to not do that again. <laughs> whatever the problem was, whatever the whatever the accident was, whatever whatever the situation was that prompted the meeting or prompted this being the topic of the meeting, that was the only thing that was not talked about in the parking lot. All the other stuff was talked about except for the underlying risk the business owner wanted to avoid. So, having seen this numerous times, and of course, um, you, you've heard me talk about before, probably um, when we have frustrations with employees. On you know they're not aiming, they're not hitting goals or benchmarks or performance uh, levels that we need. Uh, they're doing things that are frustrating to uh, customers. They're doing things that are frustrating to other employees. Whatever it is, generally business owners will will vent those frustrations to um, me at, in my role when I'm helping them. And one of the things I'll say is you know give me. You know, give me the list of like the top three things that your employees do that really just annoy you or irritate you or cause problems or whatever. And they will quickly and readily, they'll spit those right out. And then I'll say, well, and then now tell me how many hours last year you spent training on those topics. And that's when it gets kind of awkward generally. And I don't do that to trap people or trick them or, or embarrass them. I do mention this stuff and I do highlight that one of the things that we have a responsibility to do is to train people on the things that really matter. And in this topic today, we're talking about risk and avoiding risks. And it is absolutely, in my opinion, our responsibility to educate people about the risks that we want them to avoid before something bad happens. So I'm just going to go through kind of a quick uh, this is a six-step process. Usually, I, I like to keep things less than five, but in this case, there's six, but a couple of them are pretty similar, so we would kind of trim those down. One of the things that we got to do is just, first off, identify what are the top three to five risks that our business faces. Again, we went in the beginning, we, I, start, I started talking about you know, if you have vehicles, that would be it. If you're handling sensitive information, that would be it. If you're working on customer's property, cars, houses, whatever, that would be it. You have a number of risks. We can't focus on 20. We can't have an expectation that that we 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 want to minimize all of them for sure, but we can't focus on 20 things. And we can't only focus on one. We've got to pick a reasonable number of things that we can really put energy and effort into addressing. And I I always just kind of stick with three to five. You know, I think people by and large can handle taking on three to five priorities. 
I don't think they can take on 12. I don't, they, they, you know, they will just be less successful at each of the 12 if they take on 12 things. If they take on three to five, I think we have a reasonable chance of getting uh, solid compliance and performance on those things. If we focus on only one, we're going to miss out on a lot of things that could really cause some damage to our business. So first thing is identify the top three to five things that are risks in your business. Second thing is we have to educate our team about these things until they are fluent in them. It's not reasonable to have an expectation that your team will avoid risks to the degree that you would like if they can't even tell you with certainty what they are. So, for example, again, using the, the, the companies that have a large fleet of vehicles, if you asked your employees, if you had, you know, let's say you had 45 vehicles and you walked in one day, having never had this conversation before and asked your employees, what do you think the biggest risk that we face is? How many of them would say, driving the company vehicles is the company's largest risk. I would suggest based on my experience of being an employee and being a business owner with a fleet of 40 something vehicles, that is not something that's top of mind for employees until they're educated that that is a big risk. They may be aware that crashing vehicles is bad. They may be aware that insurance costs would go up. It's not a top of mind, like, holy smokes, this is the most important risk for us to get out in front of is driving safety. That's not going to happen unless we educate them. That's just the way it is. I wish it was different. It's not. They are just not going to know. Now, once you explain it, they're, of course, going to go, oh, yeah, it makes perfect sense. You have 45 vehicles. If you if you crash a vehicle a month, you won't be able to get insurance very long, and you can't be a very good service provider in whatever your field of expertise is if you can't get insurance, and therefore you, your company folds. That is a large risk. Never mind that. The damage that, you know, to people that, you know, if you get into accidents, there's injuries and and you know, the bad press. And just there's a number of things that go along with it. Um, anyhow, I don't think people are likely to know these things on their own. Once you point them out, they're very likely to get it and understand it. But we have to educate them until they are fluent in each one of these things. So that's the second thing. First thing is identify what the top three three to five things. Second one is educate your team until they are fluent with them. And they can tell you, they can rattle off. What are what are our top four risks? And when they can rattle those things off, they are much likely to, to consciously and subconsciously avoid those risks if they're aware of what they are. They're not likely to subconsciously or consciously avoid risk if they can't even tell you what they are. Uh, not to the same degree anyway. Uh, next thing is we want to establish goals for each one. And this is a great chance to get your team involved in goal setting. They are more likely to strive to achieve goals they help establish than goals that are handed to them, period. And we have to make sure we are establishing reasonable goals. In some cases, it's going to be we want zero accidents. That's a, that's a reasonable goal. Uh, what are we going to do if we, if we go a year without any vehicle? You know, again, using the vehicle accident example, what are we going to do if we go a year without a vehicle accident? What are we going to do if we have three accidents in, in three months? These are things we want to find out and establish beforehand because we don't want to make overreactions uh, if things bad happen. We don't want to make emotional um, decisions that are, are you know really extreme. That's where the, the tantruming comes in and they're pleading and begging and ranting, and which are all emotional things that don't really have a lot of impact. They don't really affect, again, the people would go out in the parking lot and talk about that the the behavior, not the underlying risk that was that was uh, talked about in the, in those meetings. 
conversely, if we do a great job at this, what are we going to do to celebrate? What are we going to do to remind each other that this is still a thing, even though we've had success, that we still want to continue it? We went a year without an accident. We want to go another year without an accident. What is going to prompt that to, to happen? What's going to prompt those conversations? Again, we don't want to fall into a pattern if we only discuss this stuff when something bad happens. We have to have a plan for what are we going to do if we're successful at this? And the first part of that is, what is the goal for each one of these risks that we're talking about? The next thing is, we have to identify why these goals matter and why avoiding these risks matter. If people don't understand why achieving a goal is necessary, they're just less likely to care enough to consistently try to achieve the goal. So some things are obvious. You know, uh, I've talked about things like trench safety before. You know, if you're if you're excavating in the ground and you're digging a hole 10 feet deep, you got to have shoring in place and things like that. Because if you don't, somebody's going to die. Well, that's obvious. Um, we don't want people to die. They don't want to die. However, they also have this kind of, it's not going to happen to me mentality. And we have to work through those things. We have to talk about stuff in a, in a way that's going to resonate with them. If you're talking to people who are just... Um, not interested in following safety rules because they just kind of have this mindset that it's not going to happen to them. That's something we have to penetrate. We have to get through that. We have to overcome that. We have to find different talking points to have a why that this is important that resonates with them. If they're just dismissing what we're saying or they're just not nodding and smiling because they kind of have this uh, perception that we have to say things like, we want you to go home safely every night and they don't really take it to heart. They don't think you mean it. They don't, they don't really think it applies to them again because you know something bad's never going to happen to them then we have to find ways to to have a different conversation that's going to have a compelling reason for them to get on board and that almost always includes establishing a why that matters to them as well as matters to the company the next thing is and this is where i think a lot of times we completely lose our employees is we have to determine what's in it for the employee to get on board kind of like what i was just talking about and we, we, with risk, we generally kind of default to job security. Like you get on board or you get fired. Um, and there's times that that's appropriate. I don't, I don't like to do that a lot, but there's times where that's appropriate. Uh, and the other, the other deterrent is just not getting in trouble with the boss. So I would recommend finding a reason that's, you know, what's in it for the employee to get on board with this stuff besides threatening their job, besides the only, you know, the only thing they're trying to avoid is not getting in trouble. And I don't mean things like they need to get a bonus or they need to get an attaboy for doing basic things well, like not texting and driving. I, I'm not a, I'm not suggesting that, you know, every time you, you you go for a month without a vehicle accident because there, there's no texting and driving accident, um, everybody gets a bonus. I'm not suggesting stuff like that. What I am suggesting is they have to they have to have a reason. People are just more likely to do things. If there's something in it for them, we're selfish creatures. We are. And I wish it wasn't that way, um, but that's that's the way it is. Maybe they really value being perceived as an exceptionally competent tradesperson or whatever your industry is. Maybe this group or this individual really values being perceived as exceptionally competent. Well, you can't be competent if you're wrecking the company rig. So that's a way to tie what really drives them to the goals that you have. So people, including your employees, are much more likely to do things that benefit them than doing things that benefit somebody else. So, yes, there is this kind of we want to do a good job, generally speaking, 
Most employees kind of have that mindset. Most employees want to have a job. Most employees don't want to get in trouble. Most employees don't want to be embarrassed. There are those kinds of things. Sometimes that's enough. Sometimes it's not. And with risk, it's in my opinion, it's not worth taking the chance. I want to know that they know these things and they have a compelling reason for themselves to get on board with stuff. Again, sometimes there are things that are so dangerous or so risky or so detrimental to the company that you know we really do have to tell them, like, listen, you get on board with this, you have to go work somewhere else. There are things like that. I don't want that to be all the things, though. I would rather have things that are are other compelling reasons for them to get on board besides just you know the threat of their job. Mostly because as an employee, again, I've seen where if that is the only motivator that's used or heavily is most likely used or heavily used, it just loses its its impact. People just begin to kind of be resentful that that's the, the tone. Um, they just kind of start dismissing it after a while. It's not as impactful as we would like. So if we can tie the company's goals to their own personal drivers, they're just much more likely to get on board. And if nothing else, when there's something in it for them, it's just easier to manage. And again, I'm not talking about monetary things. I'm not talking about attaboys for basic things. I'm just talking about understanding what motivates them to do a good job and tying the goal to that. Again, for, for tradespeople or people who are working on customers' property and fixing things, they generally have a they generally value being perceived as being really good at what they do. Tie the, the risk that we're trying to avoid to that. It's it's not it's not difficult. The next thing is we want to decide how many times we need to touch this topic. Is annually enough? So most companies kind of go over their harassment policy once a year. That's a risk. It's not something we have to spend hours and hours and hours a year diving into. You don't harass people at work. It takes about 20 minutes to have that conversation. We roll out the policy. If there's any adjustments to it, we ask if there's any questions. And generally speaking, that's enough. Sometimes that's not enough, though. Sometimes, you know, especially, again, the texting and driving thing was a big deal, you know, back in 2016, 2017, where, you know, texting became kind of a commonplace activity. And it just took a while for employees and companies to figure out, like, texting and driving is like a really bad thing. It's costing people millions or billions or whatever dollars um, in lawsuits and accidents and lost production, lost revenue. It, it was, we went through kind of a, a period where, we had to really drill that with employees. Once a year would not be enough for that. That might have been something that had to be discussed weekly, maybe more than weekly. I don't know, depending on the company. So my point is, though, we got to figure out how many times we need to touch this topic of our three to five things. How many times is it going to take us to touch each one and tell our employees really uh, grasp it? How many times do they have to be exposed to an idea before they really grasp it? The answer is probably not once. And the answer is probably not 100 it's probably somewhere between seven and 10. Now, it may be fewer. Again, the, the harassment policy is a great example. Once a year is, is plenty. Sometimes once when you just bring an employee on board and you never talk about it again. Some things that that's okay. But I would, I would look at the list of three to five things and figure out for each one, how many times am I going to be touching this before I feel reasonably confident that people get it? And, you know, the answer is going to vary from things, you know, a risk to risk. Some things are just more evident and more compelling uh, in and of themselves than others. And so we just have to have a plan for each one. So real quick, first, before we move on to anything else, are you one of the business owners feeling a sting from the ever-increasing cost for things like fuel, supplies, and materials? 
Are employees coming to you with higher wage expectations to combat the increased costs they're facing in their own households? Many business owners are feeling a lot of stress because it seems that they must choose between absorbing all these higher costs, which will dramatically reduce their profitability or even stability, or raising prices to the valued customers they work so hard to get and saying no to wage increases to their employees who are the lifeblood of their business. I hear business owners talk about the struggles they're facing when they must make these difficult choices and or have very uncomfortable conversations with the customers and employees. If this sounds like you, let me take a moment to tell you about an upcoming webinar I'm hosting to address these exact issues, and it's available for you at no charge. This webinar is for business owners in service industries who are feeling the strain of the serious problems we're facing in 2022, specifically financial problems and how to have conversations about them. During this webinar, which will last about an hour and a half, you'll learn how to precisely know how much your business can absorb increased costs and or increased employee pay while still maintaining profitabilities. We're going to get a little bit into financials so you can have a clear-cut understanding of how that how your business is being impacted immediately. Uh, it'll also uh, You'll also learn how to create a plan for your business to overcome the rising costs of fuel, supplies, and materials, how to approach conversations regarding necessary price increases with your customers, including how to train your employees, options for helping employees overcome their temporary increased financial needs besides permanent salary increases, so fuel prices are crazy right now. They may not be in 18 months, but if you give somebody a permanent raise, you can't go and take that back. So how, what are our options to get around that and, and find solutions that are not permanent salary increases? How to ap- approach the conversation with your employees regarding their expectations for pay increases? And we're also entering a two-week open enrollment period for my group coaching program. The next one is not until October, so you'll get a chance to learn what all is included for just a few hundred dollars a month. The webinar is noon Pacific on Friday, June 17th. To register, just go to businessownerswebinar.com. Again, this will be on June 17th at noon. It'll last about an hour and a half, and you can register to attend at businessownerswebinar.com. So back to our topic today. The first thing we want to do is, again, identify the top three to five risks your business faces. I don't believe we can focus on 20. I don't believe we should only focus on one. Next thing is we want to educate our employee, our team, our employees until they are fluent in each one of these things. That doesn't mean drill it every day, every day, every day. It just means we need to educate them to the point where it's top of mind and it's fluent. It's not reasonable to have an expectation that they're going to avoid risk to the degree you would like if you if they can't even tell you what they are. Next thing is we want to establish goals for each one. These don't have to be cumbersome or, or lengthy. It could be as simple as we don't want to have a vehicle accident for the next year. That's a perfectly fine goal. But it's also a great chance to get our our team involved in goal setting because they're much more likely to strive for to achieve goals that they have helped you establish. We want to identify why the goals matter. If people don't understand why something matters, they're just less likely to care enough to consistently try to achieve the goal. We want to determine what's in it for the employee to get on board. Again, I'm not talking about bonuses and attaboys for basic things, but we don't want to just default to job security and not getting in trouble as the only compelling reasons for them to get on board or something. People, including your employees, are more, much more likely to do things that benefit them also than doing things that are just going to benefit somebody else in their minds. And we need to decide how many times we need to touch this topic. Is once a year enough? Is weekly necessary? Each one is going to have its own, you know, between your team and their knowledge of the topic and the seriousness of the risk and the impact it could have on the, on the business. That will determine how often you think you need to touch it. So... That is it for this week. Don't forget to go to businessownerswebinar.com to register for that upcoming webinar on creating a plan to navigate this volatile era we are in today. 
Also, if you have a chance, please uh, share this podcast with a friend or colleague who's a business owner in the service industry. If you haven't had a chance yet, please give us a rating review. That is really helpful in how we grow this podcast. We can reach out and help more business owners. That is absolutely my goal is to help as many business owners as possible. And um, this is a method I choose, the the weekly free 20 or so minute podcast to to help cover topics that they're facing um, every day in their business. So that is it for this week. Thanks for tuning in and I will see you all next week.